Welcome, you are listening to Unlocking the Truth, the podcast channel by Precept Ministries Canada. Come discover God's truth for yourself by studying His Word and deepen a personal transformational relationship with God. This series called In Faith Alone will get you deep into the Book of Romans. Dig deeper by following along with the Bible study, Experiencing the Power of Life-Changing Faith, the new inductive study series on Romans, available at preceptministries.ca. Now here is Mark Sheldrake with Unlocking the Truth. Hello everyone, Mark Sheldrake here, National Director of Precept Ministries in Canada. This is Unlocking the Truth podcast and ministry of Precept Ministries in Canada. Thank you for tuning in with us as we begin our series in the Book of Romans. We're going to spend this week's episode looking at the overview of Romans, just getting a 10,000 foot view of uh, this wonderful foundational book. But we're also uh, going to spend a lot of time over the next little while uh, working through Romans. We're actually going to do this in four segments and uh, four segments of episodes. We're going to do two segments that will take us to June. Then we are going to break uh, for the summer and we'll come back in the fall with the final two segments. Uh, in the book of Romans. 16 total episodes, folks. Uh, Looking forward to doing that. Hopefully you'll tune in and study along with us using our new inductive study series on the book of Romans. And uh, you'll really enjoy digging into the truth of God's word for yourself and using this podcast to supplement what you're learning uh, in your inductive study. Before we dive into this week's episode, we are back on the road, folks. We are back out doing online, uh, in-person training all across the country, looking for locations. If you would like to host us, uh, email training at preceptministries.ca. We would love to come and engage uh, people across the country in inductive study. I want to give you a heads up. We're in the fall. We are heading into uh, return, bringing back the Cross Canada Tour. It's something that I've done uh, for a number of years. Took a break for a few years from doing that, but in September, uh, we're going to have the Cross Canada Tour coming back. And everything that we're doing this year is uh, building into those foundational truths. What do we know that we know we know? And so uh, the podcast obviously taking us through Romans. Uh, if you're on our newsletters and you receive our monthly newsletters, you'll see that uh, some of the writing that I've been doing and will be doing through the rest of this year is going to focus in on uh, things that we're learning in the book of Romans. And then in the fall, the Cross Canada Tour, uh, we are going to tackle some of these issues that come have come out of this uh this Bible survey that was released uh, in 2022, and we're going to look at the doctrine of sin. And so we're going to spend time uh, studying uh, Romans chapter 5 in our Cross Canada Tour, but also giving you the tools to not only uh, study God's Word, but also engage others through group discussion in uh, inductive study. So if you're interested in hosting one of our Cross Canada Tour dates, visit preceptministries.ca. You can find out all about the Cross Canada Tour or again, email us at training at preceptministries.ca. We're looking for at least one location in every province in Canada. And so uh, cannot wait to uh, get involved in that. It's going to be an exciting time. All right, so let me pray, and let me, uh, let's me let get right into uh, this week's uh, episode on Romans. Father, we do thank you for uh, the truth of your word. We thank you for this technology, as we always do, Lord, because it's with technology like this that this podcast can get into hands of people all across Canada and, and some of the other countries that are tuning in and listening as well. We thank you that um, we have... Uh, inductive study that we can observe, interpret, and apply uh, the scriptures that we have before us. And Lord, would you bless our time that we have, not only in this episode, but over the next 16 episodes as we look at the book of Romans. So we commit our time to you now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, we've, we've just come through this series on discipleship, 
and learning what it means to be a true disciple of Jesus Christ. And then why go into Romans? Well, Romans is like the foundational truth of Scripture. I mean, this this book is so powerful. Right now, I'm teaching through the book of Romans uh, with our uh, precept class, and we've just started into part two. There's four parts of the precept upon precept. If we were going to cover the four parts in this podcast, it would take over two years to to uh, have happen, and that's a really long time, isn't it, to uh, be engaging in the book of Romans? But even 32 weeks which was will be what we uh, wrap out, plus the breaks that we're going to take in our segments is going to be a long time in Romans. But why? Because it's foundation. And here's where we are in the world today, just before we even get started. And I wanted to take us uh, to the book of Isaiah. And in Isaiah chapter 5, uh, he's, Isaiah's laying out some of the, the, the problems that are happening and why God is bringing judgment against Israel. And so what he says, and you, and you tell me, like you tell me, uh, well, you can't tell me, but you can, you can say to yourself, right? You can go, yeah, yeah, that's, that's happening in the world today. What things do you hear from, from Isaiah chapter five that are happening in the world today? In verse 18, woe to those who drag iniquity with cords of falsehood and sin as if with carts uh, cart rope. So you're just pulling sin uh, along with you and, and dragging it behind you. Is that happening today? Absolutely happening today. Uh, listen, others, <coughs> excuse me, those who say, let him make speed, let him hasten his work that we may see it and let the purpose of the Holy One of Israel draw near. Uh, do we have people in 2023 that are mocking God? Uh, hurry up. God, you said you were going to do this, and why aren't you making this happen? People mocking God. Happening? Absolutely. Uh, Woe to those who call evil good and good evil. (laughs) Uh, I hope that just jumped off the page for you, because absolutely that is happening in our world today. Those who substitute darkness for light and light for darkness. Those who substitute bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Absolutely, these things are happening in our culture today. Woe to those who are wise in their own eyes and clever in their own sight. Yes, this is happening in our world today. My truth is the truth, and therefore I'm going to live by my truth, and it doesn't matter what The Bible says, which is ultimate truth, the Bible doesn't match up to my truth, and so I like my truth. We have this whole principle of the the deconstructing faith movement, which allows you to kind of brick by brick take away your faith, uh, your understanding of what you believe according to the truth of God's word, and then rebuild that faith block by block on the things that you want your faith to be. And we're just seeing all of this happen within the church. This just isn't what I'm talking about happening in the world. It's it's in our church culture. It's in our it's in the worldly culture as well. But here we have all of this happening, these things happening not only within the church but in the world. Woe to those who are wise in their own eyes and clever in their own sight. Woe to those who are heroes in drinking wine, valiant men in mixing strong drink. Uh, those who justify the wicked for a bribe and take away the rights of the ones who are in the right. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, we could just go back and we could say, any of those happening today? Absolutely. I don't even have to get on the, the you know, the, the high horse of uh, what, what was happening with the government through uh, the um, pandemic. We, we can look at how people have reacted to the things that have happened around us where some believe that their complete rights were taken away because of the lockdowns of COVID-19 and so so and then you have politicians who who don't seem to run based on their you know their desires their hearts agendas for why they got into politics in the first place that some take payments from others to follow the agenda that uh, they might have. 
you know, these are just some of the the details, not to get into the, the nitty gritty of it all, but these are the things that we're seeing happening in the world today. And within our own churches, we're seeing that within the body of faith, uh, we're having all of these debates and these questions that come about, and they all stem from what happened in the book of Genesis. And when God said, uh, when Satan said to Eve in Genesis was, did God really say that? And so that question is the same question that the enemy continues to bring all the way through 2023. And it's more prevalent for us today than it has been in the past. And I think it's more prevalent today than it has been in the past because of things like social media and the way that media has changed in their reporting. And so because everything in the age of information or the age of disinformation, we can just get so much information before us that we can find the information we want to hear and we want to have that tickles our ears versus that which is, do I really want to seek out what the truth is and really understand it? You see, that's really been the difference between uh, ages gone by before the internet and here. I can even remember going to university in the days before the internet. We would have to look at books upon books upon books upon books to build our our uh, papers for for school. And we would have to write and we'd have to get these things like encyclopedias to to pull all the information. And really, all the information came from one or two different areas. And now we have all of these different paths of getting information. We have all of these things available to us on the internet. You've got these kind of left-wing news, right-wing news, conspiracy news, all of these things that come about and they just pull us and twist us and pull us into multiple different directions. And we have seen how these things have caused divisions in churches. I've already started traveling across Canada again, and I have heard stories from individuals where the the vaccine has just driven, you know, a nail between people and the relationships that they have in churches. That they've said they don't feel welcome in churches anymore based on some of the choices that they have made. And so our focus that we want to have as we work through the book of Romans is we want to get back to the foundational truths of God's word. That amongst all of the noise that we have around us in this world, can we just focus on what unites us as a family of God? So let's work our way through Romans over the next 16 episodes in these foundational truths. Let's build our faith on things that, on good, solid, sound, wholesome, healthy doctrine. And as we work through Romans, I promise you that if you allow the Holy Spirit to open your hearts, not just to take this in through your ears and let it sit within your head, but allow it to sink into your heart and let the Holy Spirit bring conviction within your life on what we are going to be discussing over the next number of weeks, I promise you that by the end of these 16 episodes, you will be changed. If you want even greater change and transformation in your life, I would absolutely encourage you to get into the Word for yourself. Before we even lay out any facts of Romans, grab that new inductive study series or grab the Precept Upon Precept in and out series and follow along with us and study weekly. If you work with us through the Precept Upon Precept studies or the in and out study, and we release this podcast bi-weekly, you'll be right on track to complete the majority of the Romans four-part study with us as we complete the podcast. And this is my encouragement to you. 
because it's one thing to to listen to the podcast and listen I am so thankful that you are listening to this. I've met people that have been so blessed by this podcast over the last uh, little while that you know it encourages me to press on and keep going. <clears throat> but we need to be in the word for ourselves as well. We need to use these skills of observation, interpretation, and application to get into the Word. All right, so there's <clears throat> there's where we start in the book of Romans, and, and that's why we're studying the book of Romans. And now let's get some facts down about the book of Romans. So we're going to look at Romans chapter 1, verse 1 to start, and, and then we're going to lay out some, some information on... Uh, this letter, okay? So Paul, a bondservant of Christ Jesus, called as an apostle, set apart for the gospel of God, which he promised beforehand through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures, concerning his son, who was born of a descendant of David according to the flesh, who was declared the son of God with power with resur- of the resurrection from the dead according to the spirit of holiness through whom we received grace and apostleship to bring about obedience of faith among all the Gentiles for his name's sake, among whom you also are called of Jesus Christ, to all who are beloved of God in Rome, called as saints, grace to you, and peace from God our Father and Lord Jesus Christ. So the author of Romans is the Apostle Paul. And, and what we will learn through the book of Romans as we build out this overview is that Paul uh, never brought the gospel to Rome in the first place. It was brought by somebody else who brought, brought the gospel, and therefore, as the gospel changed uh, the lives of the people in Rome, a church was forming and coming together, and uh, the church comprised both uh, Jewish converts as well as Gentiles. And so Paul's ministry, as we'll see, Paul's ministry in his main focus in verse 5 was of chapter 1, was his ministry was to the Gentiles. But Paul had a heart for his people, the Jewish people. And so this, this letter has a uh, focus of ministry to the Gentiles, but he is going to address uh, the Jewish people as well. So this letter was written when Paul was in Corinth, and it's around 56 AD that this letter was written, and this is during Paul's third missionary journey. As we work through Romans, we're going to find out reasons for him writing this book. And we're going to look at a number of these reasons for why he wrote Romans uh, today. All right, so the first uh, reason that Paul wrote the book of Romans is found in chapter 1, verse 11. He says, For I long to see you that I may impart some spiritual gift to you that you may be established. All right, so the first reason that Paul wants to write this letter, and, and we can, we're not going to get into the debate of what the spiritual, the spiritual gift may be, because I think it's really clear. Uh, some have debated that this spiritual gift is that, they would, that he would bring the gospel and therefore they would receive the Holy Spirit. Uh, well, we know this church was already established and they were doing well in their walk with the Lord. So that's, I don't think it's the, that they were in all in one whole purpose was that he was to come and bring the Holy Spirit. The other, uh, some believe, is that this spiritual gift was some charismatic gift, like the gift of tongues or the gift of healing that uh, were going to be brought uh, to them. But I don't, uh, me personally, I don't believe that that is the answer because that doesn't align for me with Paul's other teachings on spiritual gifts. And so what I believe the spiritual gift was that he was going to impart to them is doctrine. That he was going to indar- indoc- he was going to give them spiritual truth, that he was going to give them good, sound doctrine 
that was going to help what he says in verse 11 is so that you may be established, that you may be standing firm in the truth, that you may be solidified and built up in your relationship with Jesus Christ. And so Paul wanted to give them more than just the gospel. He wanted to build them up and help them to go through the process of sanctification to become more like Jesus in his in their walk. All right, so that's the first reason is for uh for them for Paul to build up the believers. All right, the second reason is in chapter 1 verse 15. And in chapter 1 verse 15 he says uh, I'm eager to preach the gospel to you who are in Rome. In verse 13, he talks about how he may, may obtain some spiritual fruit even among the Gentiles. His, his second reason for going is he wants to continue to build the church. He wants to build the church up who are already believers, but there's a lot of people in Rome. There's a lot of people who need Jesus. Uh, Rome was one of those places where it's sort of like the cultural hub. We might compare that in the fashion industry these days, and don't even don't even ask me how I know about the fashion industry. I really don't, but I know that things that happen in Paris, France, in New York, and things that happen in Toronto or Vancouver, those things usually uh, can drive the culture when it comes to uh, clothing. And so just like these things, these Paris and Toronto and New York and all those places drive, drive the fashion industry, uh, so did Rome drive the culture. So ro- what happened in Rome uh, usually was picked up by all the other people, and then they went out and they brought what was happening in Rome to these other locations. So Paul wanted to preach the gospel in Rome. He wanted people to get saved, both Jew and Gentile. Uh, he also, in verses uh, 12 uh, and in chapter 15, he tells us another reason for writing. He says that I may be encouraged together with you while I'm among you, that each of us by each other's faith both yours and mine may be built up and encouraged. Uh, in Romans chapter 15, uh, he backs that up when he says uh, in verse uh, 32, as a part of the reason for this writing, he says, uh, So that I may come to you in joy by the will of God and find refreshing rest in your company. Paul, as much as he wanted to build up the church, that this church was running well, he also wanted to be encouraged by them. I have to tell you, there is nothing more joyful than being around people who are excited about studying God's Word. That's why I love getting out on location to churches to engage with people because they're so excited to be there. Yes, there might be one or two that, you know... They, they were dragged kicking and screaming to get there. But when they see God's word open the way they can see it through inductive Bible study, they're so encouraged and fired up, and I get encouraged by it. I'm just uh, 39 days as of recording this podcast before I'll be uh, leading an Israel tour with a bus full of Canadians and some Americans uh, in Israel. I mean, I cannot wait to get there. Uh, just this past week, we had a Zoom call, and somebody asked me, uh, "What is it that you love most about Israel?" And and I I mean, technically, as a side note to all this, they have the best pudding cups. You know those snack packs that you get for your that you get for your lunch. Back in my day, Bill Cosby was the advertisement of the snack pack. Anyway, they have the best snack pack vanilla pudding on the kids buffet that I have ever had. I mean that is one of the highlights of Israel. I didn't tell the tell the group that. I did tell them after, but that's not my main highlight. 
that's just one really cool thing. And I, I try to take a lot of those when I'm there because they're so good. Anyway, one of the highlights I have is I'm so encouraged when I see the people that have taken the bus tour with me and they start to walk the places that Jesus walked and they start to see where Jesus uh, performed healings and miracles. But one of the most profound things for me is when we go to the garden tomb where they believe that Jesus' body was buried and then the stone was rolled away. To watch the eyes, to watch the tears stream from the participants' eyes, that they are in the very place where Jesus was both crucified and buried, and then he rose again. I mean, that gets me excited to want to go back and continue to participate in these Israel tours over and over again because of the reactions that I get with the people that I'm with. And that's what Paul wants. I mean, we know about Paul's missionary journeys. We know the beatings and the scourgings and the imprisonments and and the tribulations and the sufferings that he's endured for the gospel. So why wouldn't he want to get with people that are on fire for Jesus? It would propel him to continue on in his ministry the same way it continues to propel us on to do ministry as well. All right, so he wants to be encouraged by them. He wants to preach the gospel. He wants to build up the believers and establish them. And he also wants to have the church pray for him. And so let's look at uh, Romans chapter 15, uh, verse 30. So in Romans 15, 30, he's going to tell us that he desires for the church to pray for him. Here's what he says. He says, Now I urge you, brethren, by our Lord Jesus Christ and by the love of the saints to strive together with me in your prayers to God for me. All right, so he he wants them to participate in his ministry. Remember, these are people that he has uh, never met before. All right, this is another reason is he wants the church to help Paul with his ministry. In verse 28 of chapter 15, Therefore, when I am finished this, I have put my seal on this fruit of theirs, and I will go on by the way of you to Spain. So Paul is hopeful that he will get some financial support for his ministry to continue as he travels and completes his third missionary journey. The one thing you'll notice as we walk through the book of Romans, and I hope that this week between episodes that you'll go and read the entire book of Romans and you'll begin to look for some of these things we've pointed out in the reason for writing. If you're looking for a way to engage in Romans this week, go through and circle every reference to Paul and draw a box around every reference to the Romans and write out what you learn in each of the chapters. But what you're going to see as you read through Romans is that Paul did not write this church to correct them in bad theology. He didn't write to them to correct them in bad behavior, but he does warn them. He does warn them in Romans chapter 15. He does warn them about uh, dissensions in the church. And so he says to them, uh, uh, sorry, in chapter 16, Verse 17, he says, I urge you, brethren, keep your eye on those who cause dissensions and hindrances contrary to the teaching which you have learned and turn away from them. So there is a warning to to steer clear of people who are causing problems in the church. But Paul's purpose, remember, it's not really like when he wrote the book of Galatians and he says, who has bewitched you, you fools? When the Galatians were going from the freedom of the gospel of Jesus Christ and they were adding gospel plus law to it and putting themselves back under the law and salvation by works. So Paul here, remember, one of the main focuses for him is to build, build, build and establish, establish, establish this young church. 
And so uh, as we work through this, I'm just going to walk you through in the final time of our episode, I'm going to walk you through the major segments of the book of Romans. The first segment in the book of Romans is chapter 1, verse 1 to 17. This big block of scripture, not only does it give us the introduction in the letter, which sometimes we we pass over really quickly and there's some powerful information in there. Just in the first three verses, we do get the gospel of Jesus. Uh, we see that um, uh, he says, uh, I'm an apostle set apart for the gospel. It's concerning the son who was born of the descendant David. He was declared the son of God with power by the resurrection from the dead, according to the spirit of holiness in Jesus Christ, our Lord. Uh, this is what he's telling us is, is the basis for this entire thing. And so we have to be able to uh, build on this and understand that Paul, in his first few 17 verses, he's laying out the gospel for us. He's laying out his purpose in the gospel. Uh, verse 9, For God whom I serve in my spirit of preaching of the gospel of his Son is my witness to how unceasingly I mention you, church, in your prayers. I long to see you and impart spiritual gifts to you that you may be established. So Paul's building up part of the reason for his writing. He's building up the gospel, and then he's going to drop at the end of Romans uh, chapter segment 1 to uh, 17, he's going to drop the, the entire theme of the book of Romans. He says, uh, so for my part, I'm eager to preach the gospel to you as those of you who are in Rome. I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith as it is written, but the righteous man shall live by faith. So without getting too deep into this, because we're going to have an episode focusing on chapter 1. So just keep big picture in mind here. Paul is eager to preach the gospel to the people in Rome. Why? Because the gospel has the power to save. It has the power to save everyone who believes. He tells us in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed. What he means by that, it is in the gospel, it is revealed how you and I can be made right before God. And so he tells us that for us to be made right before God, we are to live by faith, believing in what took place on the cross in his death, burial, and resurrection. But Paul also says as a part of this theme, it's not just believing by faith, it's now living by faith. And he tells us the entire theme of this book is found in verse 17, and he says, the righteous shall live by faith. And so this is the main focus that Paul is going to build this entire letter on is how the righteous live by faith and the freedom that comes in knowing that truth. The second segment that comes is Romans chapter 1, verses 18 to chapter 3, verse 20. And in verse 18, he tells us the wrath of God is revealed against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth. So the righteousness of God is revealed in the gospel, and we also see that the wrath of God is revealed. And the wrath of God is revealed against those who are unrighteous. If you have your Bible and you're not driving right now or you're not at work and you need to, you want to write this down. Verse 18 tells us that God hates sin. And so the wrath of God is revealed against all unrighteousness. God hates sin. And so Paul is going to lay out 
all the way through these, all the way to chapter three, he's going to lay out some key principles. So to close out chapter one, he's going to reveal that God has made himself evident since creation. And because God is visible in creation, man is without excuse to say they did not know God and they did not know what sin was. And he says that also uh, in verse 21, they knew God, all right? So these people knew about God, they witnessed God in creation, they knew about him, but they did not honor him or give thanks to him, and because of that, they became futile in their speculations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Uh, We're going to come back to that verse uh, in our next episode, but I just want you to think Think what is happening in this world. Think what is happening to the people in our churches. Are people falling into all the speculations that are going on? You know, the government conspiracies and all of these these weird untruths that are happening because we can't determine where to get proper and good information in the world. So as we're seeing people, you know, become polarized and going either left or right and, you know, extreme left and extreme right, all of these things that are occurring, uh, it says here, these people knew the truth, but, but they rather chase after all those speculations and what happens was they became futile of their mind. They knew God, but they became futile. It says that they they professed to be wise, but they became fools. Didn't we read that in Isaiah chapter 5? You see, it's not new. It's a cycle that continues uh, through the world. This culture and this world that we're in right now is not new. Everything old is new again. All right, so uh, we also see in verse 23, they exchanged the glory of the incorruptible God for an image in the form of a corruptible man. They took, they took what they had and they knew about God and they decided that's not good enough. We'll chase after idols. Uh, God gave them over because of this uh, to their own lusts of their hearts and to impurity. So their bodies were dism- dishonored among them. Are we seeing this happening in our world today where all of these, these things are going on and discussions over the body? Look at verse 25. They exchanged the truth of God for a lie worship and serve the creature rather than the creator. Therefore, God gave them over to degrading lusts, passions for their women. They exchanged the natural function for that which is unnatural. Men abandoned the natural function of women and burned their desire toward one another. Hello, 2023, 2022. Are we seeing this happen? This, this sin is being worshipped in our world now. People are bending over backwards to to tolerate all of the sin that we're talking about in these verses. But look what God did. And just as they did not see fit to acknowledge God, God gave them over to a depraved mind in 28. To those which are th- to the things which are not proper, they are filled with unrighteousness, wickedness, greed, evil, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, malice, gossips, slanderers, haters of God, insolent, arrogant, boastful inventors of evil, disobedient to parent, without understanding, untrustworthy, unloving, unmerciful. And although they know the ordinances of God, those who practice such things are worthy of death. (laughs) They know. Folks, we're living in a world that people know the truth. They just don't care about it anymore. And so, what Paul is setting the standard for is he's setting, setting the standard for men are without excuse. They know the difference between right and wrong. And in chapter 2, he's going to talk about the judgment of God. That both Jew and Greek are both going to stand before God for their unrighteousness. That God shows no partiality when it comes to him hating sin. In Romans chapter 3, he's going to tell us, for all of fall short of glory. For all, for all of sin and fall short of the glory of God. He's going to lay out the problem. It's very interesting that as Paul starts the letter, he starts with the solution, and then he lays out the problem. We need Jesus. We need to be 
made right with him by faith in Jesus. Uh, The third segment is Romans chapter 3, uh, verses 21 to chapter 5, verse 21. And this uh, segment discusses that all are justified by faith. Uh, It's not by works that we are saved. It is by our belief in Jesus Christ. Paul is going to give us examples of how Abraham was justified by faith before there was the law. He's going to talk to us about how through one man, Adam, sin came into the world, but through Jesus, sin was put to death, and we are now free from sin. In the next segment, we have Romans chapter 6, verse 8. And now, uh, Romans chapter 5, it starts for, therefore, having been justified. So, now that the work is done, here's why the work was done. And then in chapters 6 to 8, these chapters focus on sanctification. It's how are we going to live and become more like Jesus in our lives now that we are freed from sin and free of living by the law, but now living by the law of the Spirit. So he's going to tell us how we are dead to the law, we are dead to sin, that Jesus has set us free. In chapter 6 to 8, these are the episodes that you don't want to miss, because these are the ones that are going to be so freeing. These are the ones that Martin Luther read, and he became so free because he read that salvation is based on faith, not on works. We have in Romans 8, verse 1, the the famous verse that hopefully we all have underlined, therefore there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Well, we're going to look closer at that as we get into that episode in our our, uh, segments on sanctification. In Romans 9 to 11, that is the next segment that uh, Paul is going to focus on. And this is where you are going to see Paul's heart for the Roman and the Jewish people. We are going to see uh, Romans 9, 1. I'm telling the truth. I'm not lying. My conscience testifies with me in the Holy Spirit that I have great sorrow and unceasing grief in my heart. For I could wish that I myself were accursed and separated for Christ for the sake of my brethren, my kingdom, uh, my kinsmen according to the flesh, who are the Israelites, to whom belongs the adoption as sons and the glory and the covenant to the glory of law. He, he has this desire for them to be broken free of living by the law, that their salvation is according to the law. The work that they are doing is futile. We can only be freed from sin by faith. And so Paul is going to draw very close attention in these chapters. Chapter 10, verse 1. My heart's desire and my prayer to God for the Jewish people is for their salvation. Can you see why Paul says it back in chapter 1? I'm so eager to preach the gospel. What does he have? He's got the keys. He's got the keys to life. And he needs his people to experience the same thing Paul experienced on the road to Damascus. The freedom that is found in faith in Jesus Christ. Chapter 11, he's going to talk about how God has not rejected his people Israel. This truth is going to counteract a lot of what we're hearing in churches today, that the church age has replaced any covenant promise for Israel. Well, Romans is contrary to that teaching of replacement theology, and we'll look a little closer at that as we see in Romans 11. The final segment of Romans is found in in 12 to 16. 
And in Romans 12 to 16, we're going to see verses like, I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living and holy sacrifice acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. Romans 12 to 16, really part of 16, but these verses summarize how you and I and how this church are to live in unity and serve one another in the body of Christ. In Paul's case, he's talking about how both Jew and Gentile need to come together and understand that the righteous live by faith. And he's going to talk about how to serve one another with love. And you see, when you take the big, big, big segment of this entire book, you have chapters 1 to 11, and 1 to 11 teach us about doctrine. And this doctrine is not for the purpose of us having really strong head knowledge. Its purpose is for us to love God more. It's for us to love God with all our heart, with all our soul, and with all our mind. And these doctrines will change the way we live and the way we act because we so desire to please God because we love God. And then 12 to 16, these lay out how to love one another. What's so profound about the way that Romans is broken out, it's broken out based on the two greatest commandments that Jesus gave us. Love God and love one another. And so we're going to see this, and we're going to, this is where all of this doctrine becomes practical for us. It's where we're going to be able to look and say, how do I make that happen? And how do I love one another within the church in a world that is so polarized? How do I do it? How do I do it when there's battles over things like COVID? I know that the World Health Organization said that that we're still in the pandemic. But life must go on, people. We must get beyond COVID. We must get beyond all of this. And our entire focus has to be those two greatest commandments. Love God and love others. So we're going to build episode by episode, brick by brick, this foundation that is going to transform the way we live our lives. And as we watch, as this doctrine is solidified in our heart and our mind, let's see what will happen in our relationship with others. Will our focus be that of reaching out to those who are in need, breaking down the barriers of polarization, and coming to unity in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Because this is the greatest desire for Jesus. And I want to wrap us up into John chapter 17 and the prayer that Jesus had before he went to the cross. And he said, he was talking about unity, and he said, I am in them, all right? So in verse 23 of John 17, that them is you and I. He's praying for us. This is the future disciples that would come from the 12. I in them, you and me, that may, they may be perfected in unity, so that the world will know that you sent me and you loved me even as you have loved uh, me. What is Jesus saying here in his prayer? He's praying that we would be unified. That the unifier is Jesus Christ in us. That, he, that we would know that God sent Jesus 
to the earth for death, burial, and resurrection. That we would be unified together in Jesus Christ, and that through that unification of us as a group, the world would see that God sent Jesus. Why is that so vital? Well, when you go back to chapter 17, verse 3, Jesus says, This is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. Wow! Jesus' prayer is that we would be a unified body in him, that the world would see that we are unified, and the outcome of that unity would be others would believe that Jesus was God's son and that he came to earth, that he lived for 33 years, that he went to the cross as payment for our sin. And in that payment for sin, that we, by faith, were reconciled to the Father. We were redeemed. And now we are justified and made right before him. Paul says, I'm eager to preach the gospel to you because it is for everyone who believes. What's for everyone? Salvation from wrath. This is why we are getting into the book of Romans. I'm looking forward to how God is going to use this podcast in your life over the next 15 weeks now. Over four segments that we'll look at Romans. May the Holy Spirit do his work in your life. Let's pray. Father, we do thank you for the time that you have given us. Lord, this book is powerful. This book is foundational. This book is eye-opening. And yet, Lord, this book is convicting. So I pray, Lord, that you would do the work in our lives as we study this together on this podcast. That you would change us. That you would help us to love you more. And in loving you more, we want to serve others. And we want to show the love of Jesus to the world so that they may come to know you and receive eternal life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We appreciate you in joining us in this series of Unlocking the Truth with Preset Ministries Canada. Visit our website presetministries.ca to find in-person and online studies and workshops that will further your journey in His Word and give you the tools to know God deeply and live differently.